0: much. It's a real honour to be here with you and um, there are faces that I know and so many faces that I don't know. So I hope to get to meet you all after the service in person. Um, Just to let you know a little bit about myself. So me and my husband, um, my husband Joel, we pastor a church um, based mainly in Bibra Lake, but we have five campuses around um, south of the river, south of Perth. And um, my, my my greatest pride and joy is I'm mother to, th- we're parents to three boys I should say, not just me, it's like my husband as well, totally not all on me. Um, three um, gorgeous boys and currently I'm processing this midlife crisis thing because last year my oldest son graduated high school and I now discover I'm a mother to an adult which is like a whole, t- if you haven't gone through that yet parents, trust me, this is a real thing. <laughs> so I'm quickly becoming the smallest in my family of three boys um, but just love that space and just love the faithfulness and goodness of God um, that we get to serve him with our family and and just on that note I just want to acknowledge and how much honor and respect um, pastor Joel and myself have for your senior pastors pastor Beck and Nate um, I really genuinely have a lot of honor and respect they are people of great caliber great character great heart and so you we're in good hands and really uh, it is an honor to share it with you all this morning. Um, and I understand you are going through a series on prayer, is that correct? Am I got that right? Yeah. So this morning I wanted to share with you um, around uh, this idea of prayers of lament. Prayers of lament. I think it's fantastic that as a church um, you're talking about prayer, you know, cultivating a habit of having daily conversations with God, cultivating that space. And you know what? It's a learned skill. It's actually a learned skill prayer. We don't just automatically know how to pray, or we we think we do. (laughs) Right? We think we do. And the funny thing for me is the older I become, and the more I know, the more I realise I don't know. Right, And that's the same for prayer. And so I'm wanting to share on um, prayers of lament because this is actually quite a fresh uh, revelation for me. Um, And it comes out of the Psalms because the Psalms is actually an Old Testament prayer book. This was the prayer book of the Israelites in the day. And there's 150 different prayers, the the 150 Psalms. And out of those 150, one third of those are actually prayers of lament. Prayers of lament. So let's just have a look. What are prayers of lament? What are they? What are we talking about? Well, it basically... If we look at these psalms, these psalms of lament, we can see an example of what it looks like to pray through pain, suffering and grief. That is what a prayer of lament is. It gives language, it gives voice to this pain, our grief, our emotions that we experience in that space. And what I find is fascinating is this book of prayer, the Psalms, dedicates one third of all its prayers to giving space to, processing, and sharing in the sacred space with God, giving expression to our pain, giving voice to our suffering, giving voice to our confusion. And, and I say this, I'm, I'm so excited about this because I'm like, I've grown up in church all my life. Um, and I've been taught about what not to do with your emotions <laughs> and where it's not appropriate to express them. And, you know, um, we are a people of faith and we are a people that speak life. So I've grown up knowing all of that but kind of left with the hanging question, so what do I do then with when things genuinely, like being honest about the space that I've had fill-in-the-blank something kind of day. And where do I go with that? Where do I go with that space? And that's what I love about this. You know the Psalms, these human words to God, that recorded human words to God become, through Scripture, when we read them in the Psalms, they become God's words to us on how to speak to him about our suffering. This is a fresh revelation for me. It's like this is a model for us to go to. What do I do? How do I process all of this? Well, it's God's invitation to us to see it modelled again and again and again and again. This is what it looks like. You can come to me like this. I love this. In the Psalms, we see that there is value placed on giving voice to our emotions. It teaches us not to stuff, deny or hide our emotions actually. But it also shows us how to pray without being overtaken by or driven by our emotions. So if you begin to study these prayers, and all you'd have to do is probably Google Um, psalms of lament and it'll list for you all of the psalms that are on lament but this is a great study to get into if you are someone like myself that doesn't quite know or haven't experienced this whole thing of going to God in your full emotional state and being able to unload being able to share being able to process with him through prayer and I love that I love that Yeah and you know the interesting thing is I've noticed that as I've gotten older in my journey with God I've become more mature in the way that I process and I talk to him. I've noticed over the years actually there have been occasions where I have felt dry and as I've looked into my walk with God and the way that I pray what happens is I vet my words, I vet my emotions. I'm like, I'm coming to God, I'm mature now. God doesn't need all my blah, blah, blah. He doesn't need all my tears. He doesn't need all my thoughts. He doesn't need me just to go, Whoa. actually, no, you know, what? I'm a woman of faith. I'm a woman of wisdom. And so I will choose my words, I will vet them and I will only bring the well-articulated, the wise, the, the, the appropriate. And, and over the years, I've noticed I've done this. And and if we're honest with ourselves, I wonder how many of us have been in church long enough that we have become mature and that we kind of check our emotions at the door when we come to God. Oh, those aren't appropriate to bring before Him. What is appropriate is words of faith, words of life, words that are well kind of formulated and articulated. But you know, that is not what we learn when it comes to prayers of lament. That is not what God wants from us. And sometimes that comes out of church culture, right? We've talked about that, where it's faith. It's like, no, only speak life. Don't allow your thoughts. Don't allow your words to go downhill really quickly. You've got to place a guard over your mouth. Yeah, and and that is all good and true and relevant. Words of life, I am so for that, absolutely. But I think what's happened is we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater where any and every expression of emotion is kind of taboo. Oh, don't give over to the flesh. You're being too fleshy. You're being too emotional, you know. Don't be led by your emotions. Um, And so, again, it's like, well, well, what do I do with those emotions? And maybe it's not just church life. Maybe you've grown up in a culture, a family culture. I know for myself, not necessarily, they weren't necessarily spoken things, but this idea of being seen but not heard or maybe don't be a burden to anybody. You know what? Deal with your own stuff. Don't go putting it on everybody else. Pull up your pants, that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Don't be so negative. These are all things that we subliminally take on and I don't know about you, but I, in this process of learning that I, God invites us to come, invites me to come, and to unburden myself, to share my emotions with them. I've realised, wow, I've, I'm so far from that. I, I, I've 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 bought into this culture of hide your emotions, deal with them, don't don't blurt them out, contain them, control them, suppressed, and I pretend. Even in church life. Come holy. Come wise. Have it all together, especially as a pastor. <laughs> right? <laughs> Nobody wants a blubbering mess. So how do I? what do I do with that? Because before I'm a pastor, I'm a Christ follower. I'm as human as everybody else. And we all know that. But these expectations and these pressures that we put on ourselves or that we've interpreted from our culture... And, you know, for me, this was my way of dealing with it, was deal with your stuff in secret. You know, pull away. If you're falling to pieces, okay, then you, you go in private and you deal with your stuff. And once you deal with your stuff, then you can be out in community. The problem with that is sometimes dealing with your stuff is like, takes a long time. So you could be gone for years, right? Um, and God doesn't invite us to do that. He's not inviting us. He's saying, no, 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 what do we do with this? He says, come to me, come to me, come to me. I love the songs we've been singing. He says, come to me, lay it all on me. I think there's a song about that, lay it all on me. I don't really know that song, but he does. He invites us, come to me, he's big enough. And as we begin to study those Psalms, you begin to see, wow, it's it's a broad, wide invitation that often we are very uncomfortable with because some of us, We're as emotional as a rock. And the idea of actually unburdening our emotions is kind of like freaky. Like, no, I can't do that. But again, we weren't created for that. That's where we've bought into these societal norms or these expectations that we have to have it all together. But that is not the way we've been created. One third of all the Psalms is God saying, come on. I'll show you how, I'm gonna help you in this area. For others of us, we might feel like we're way too emotional. And that also is a little bit scary because it's like, what if I totally become unhinged in this experience of unleashing to God? But again, that's what's so beautiful. There's enough scripture in there, there's enough biblical example in the Psalms to help us navigate those two extremes, which can be scary. God doesn't want us to be totally unhinged, but he doesn't want us to be totally stuck like a rock, contained, desperate, stuck. He wants to bring life. He wants to bring healing. He wants to bring restoration. I love that. What would it look like for all of us to begin to learn, to give voice to our pain, our emotions, our struggles. What I think is beautiful about this invitation to pray through our pain and suffering is it gives us language and it gives us an opportunity to process what I like to call the great contradiction. On one hand, I believe in a God who is present, who is good, who is faithful And my belief isn't just a lovely idea, I don't just throw it out there, I actually do believe that. I've seen his faithfulness, I see it in the word, I've seen it in my life before, but what happens when that is challenged by current circumstances and situations? On one hand, I hold faith. I know who he says is true, I know, I've seen it. I hold that, but right now what I'm holding in this current space in my life is you don't feel close it doesn't look good it feels like you are absent and prayers of lament give us language to process this contradiction and it is God's invitation to us he says bring it he says bring it bring it to me I'm not going to shun you, I'm not going to tell you off for your confusion and for your burden and for the mystery and your frustration, but but he encourages us to come to him. I love that. Psalm 22 is one of these prayers of lament and it's got 31 verses, so I'm not going to read the whole psalm to you this morning, but I just want to start with the first two verses. And this is what it says. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you don't answer me. By night, but I find no rest." find that really interesting. That's in the Word of God. That really screams to all my religious faith speech. <laughs> right? My life speech. He's going, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now this is a famous psalm because this psalm was taken up on the lips of Jesus as he hung on the cross. We know that. And so obviously this was familiar in Jesus' prayer language that it is appropriate To to pour out your emotion, to come to God in that intimate space. Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. He says, my God, I cry out to you by day, but you don't answer me. Mm. Mm. That's not faith speech. (laughs) (laughs) And God's going, come, come. Come, this is a model for you to give expression to. He's not standing at the door going, "Nup, you can't say that, you can't do that. He's actually not. He's inviting us in. He wants to hear our heart. And you know what's interesting about this prayer of lament? That this kind of expression of emotion, pain and hurt takes up 13 verses of this passage. Three verses are given to remembering and reminding God of who he is. Two verses are given to a declaration of dependence. We know the declaration of independence, but this is a declaration of, hey, you're my God. You, you're the one that created me. You're the one, you, you know, it's two verses are given to a declaration of dependence and only three verses are given to request. Isn't that fascinating? I don't know about you, but in my prayer life, when I'm going through bad stuff, It's like, God, can you help me, you know, because we go kind of, I don't know about you, but for me, it's kind of like, well, God already knows how I feel. God already, I need to, what he needs to know is how to fix it, (laughs) right? But actually, when you look at the prayers of lament, God is illustrating, if we take time to read, that that's not what He needs to know how to fix it. These psalmists, they were like, God already knows how to fix it. It's the minimal. The request is the most smallest part of prayers of lament. What the majority is, is God wants to know my heart. He wants to know how I'm feeling. He wants to know how I'm processing. He wants to hear my voice. He wants to know me the majority of verses in the Psalms of Lament are given to this expression. I'm like, wow, I'm blown away, fully blown away. And then the other biggest and the final closing part of this Psalm and most Psalms is given to praise, which again is an expression of emotion, which I'm learning, I, I'm a bit behind the eight ball on this, this whole expression, not only of pain and suffering, But joy and celebration. I love that as you begin to read the Old Testament, you'll see the priority that God places on both. A healthy expression of pain and suffering, but also a healthy expression of joy and prioritising celebration. Partying is big in the Bible, believe it or not. They put it in their calendar to party and celebrate. There's a real huge good balance we see. In, in the Bible when it comes to prayers of lament. So, beautiful passage of verse, and then I'm going to share with you um, one of my prayers of lament <laughs> that actually came out of my journal. Now, naturally, I am not good in this space. <laughs> Sometimes it takes me years to process, and it has taken me years to process some of those emotions, and, and to be able to come and unpack. And so, I'm not a vet, believe it or not, Words are not my preferred form of communication. I find words really challenging. I wasn't one of those girls that were born talking. You know how they say girls are just chatterboxes? I was not one of them. I don't know what God happened. It just didn't drop on me. Um, and so I have always found that journaling has been, for me, um, a, a better way for me to communicate with God. I find that, that I'm able to pour it out in words on a page. Um, And so this little excerpt from my journal is from 2018, um, and it reads very similar to A Prayer of Lament, and I've only begun to look at it in hindsight and go, oh, okay, I'm learning this. But just a little bit of a backstory, so this journal excerpt in 2018 comes out of a season where in 2010 i had a family trauma a major family trauma happened on the eve of my 30th birthday Um, and i had to rush to another country i flew out that night to another country um, for a family member who i didn't think i would get to see again my immediate family member Um, and so that happened on the eve of my 30th birthday and then on the eve of my 35th birthday in 2015 a similar thing happened. One of my immediate family members were on their deathbed, um, trauma again. And so by 2015, my birthday became an event in my life subconsciously not even aware of what would begin to happen as I would begin to shut down emotionally in the lead up to my birthday. And I didn't know if I wanted my birthday, I didn't know if I needed to be celebrated, I didn't know if I needed to be left alone, but what, what began to happen is around August, my birthday's in August, every year within that space of time it, I began to enter into a depression and I would begin to become numb and I, I and I couldn't process and I couldn't think and I couldn't feel. And over a period of about five years, th- so that two months, so it would be July and then August, it began to be July, August, September, July, August, September, October, July, August, September, October, November, where I began to just, the trauma of it began to affect me emotionally. And then, to make matters worse, in 2017, two weeks before my 37th birthday, it happened again. Another, the same family member was on their deathbed, didn't know if they were going to survive. And so by then, 2018, I'm now processing, or not processing, <laughs> this trauma. And this is an excerpt from my diary. It says, Having, having gone numb with pain and exhaustion, I lie under the patio as a thunderstorm rolls in. I will the wind, the rain and the roar of the thunder and lightning to somehow jar my senses awake, to infuse life into my pores, to provide breath and oxygen to my lungs. I can't feel. Why is it so hard to breathe? It doesn't work. And I'm angry. I'm angry at you, God. And then he challenges me. Who restores your soul, Sharon? Who alone restores your soul? My answer is you. Then why are you searching out here in the storm? Why are you searching elsewhere? Well, I'm here talking to you, aren't I? <laughs> I'm like, I'm here talking to you. I, I'm like, but, but it's like that psalmist says, where are you? I cry out to you day and night. I've been praying, I've been in worship, I've been in church, I've even preached, I've been here, I've been crying out and nothing has changed. I'm going to leave you there for a minute and, and I will finish off the story. Because <laughs> obviously God, it was the beginning of that prayer of lament where all of a sudden it all just I'm just gonna lay it all out on you, God. This is where I'm at. Where have you been? Like I have been seeking and I have been searching and I have not gained answers. And thankfully God came through. I'm gonna just make it really practical. I I have just four points. And the first point is run to your God. Run to your God. That's what he challenged me on. He said, Sharon, why are you out here under the storm? trying to find some energy, some life. Why are you pursuing all these other things for healing and help? He says, who alone restores your soul? Run to your God. That beginning of Psalm 22, I love how the psalmist opens, he says, my God, my God. That infers an intimacy. It's not God, God, not a distant God, but it's my God. There is relationship there, my God. When Jesus encourages us and teaches us in the New Testament to pray, what does he encourage us to begin with? Our Father, my Father, intimacy, relationship. And even the shepherd psalm, Psalm 23, begins with The Lord is my shepherd. It infers this intimate relationship. This is so important. And you know, one thing I've learned in marriage is that if you want to increase the intimacy in your relationship, it starts by you choosing to cultivate and go ahead and start being intimate in your relationship. And the more you cultivate that, the more you choose to be intimate, the more hungry you are gonna be for intimacy and the greater the intimacy will be. I believe it's exactly the same with our relationship with God. If you can't say, my God, if you can't, can't look to God in intimacy, in closeness, then it just starts with you starting. Coming to God, saying, God, I want to know you. Creating space to know him as intimate God. Just start there. Just start there. And you know the beautiful thing is, I'm learning about um, prayers of lament is that God is interested in you like a father or a mother is interested in their child. And when was the last time you just sat and babbled with him? You know, one of the things I, I love about little kids is they just talk about the most random things, right? It's like a butterfly one minute, Tonka truck's the next, sand in their shoes, and why is the sky blue? And you know, it's all of those beautiful things that are an invitation into their little mind, what's going on in their world, and it is such a delight. It's like I get an invitation into their space. And I believe As illustrated through these prayers of lament, that's what God's after. He's after an invitation into your world. When was the last time you just allowed yourself to be unbridled, not well contained and wise and mature? When was the last time you just allowed yourself to take delight in God? Just to share your thoughts? This is his invitation to us. Run to your God. Run to your God. I love that. And that's what his invitation is. Come to me. Second, my second point is, he is the restorer of souls. I've really learned this. He is... The restorer of souls. He is an emotionally intelligent being. The most. Across the board, spirit, soul, body, all forums, he's all about wholeness. And he can touch on all three aspects of your being, if you want to put it in that form, form, format. But he can. His wholeness is supreme, his wholeness crosses everything. I love that. Psalm 23, verse 3 says, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. So let's not run everywhere else first before coming to the restorer of our soul. To the restorer of our soul because this is what he does in 1 Corinthians 2 verses 10 to 12 I love this passage of scripture it says this about the Holy Spirit the Spirit searches all things even the deep things of God for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them and even then we don't know all of our own thoughts If you want to start going into the subconscious and then, why am I crying like this? I have no idea. We don't don't even have knowledge about everything that's going on inside of us. But in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given to us. He's an intelligent being. And his heart for us is that we be whole human beings. His salvation is for the whole of us. When we go through stress, tragedy, hardship and loss, we go through stuff that happens to us that we don't even fully get to understand. Things get misaligned and distorted in us that we don't even know how to name. And, and that's where I was in 2018. I'm just like, I uh, I just feel numb. That's, I can't breathe. I, that's, the, that's all I can put words to. I, I couldn't fully understand the process. But you know, as I chose to run to God, I discovered, even as that song says, Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. As I, as I trusted going, I'm going to trust you with what I don't understand and and I'm going to run to you and not from you. As I did that, his spirit came, his voice came to my storm, to the complexities in my life. And just to unpack, because I started with, that was the beginning, now how it concluded was God then led me through my prayer journals. I began to see a pattern had formed that was really unhealthy and I'm like, I need help with this. And so I went and I saw a Christian psychologist and she then highlighted three areas in my life. I wasn't getting enough sleep. I hadn't slept in I don't know how many years properly after having babies. (laughs) That's just what happened to me. And my sleep cycles, so I hadn't had proper sleep. And then she drew my attention to I was living with chronic pain. It's kind of like when the doctor asks you, are you stressed? And you're like, what does that mean? I don't know. Like, how would I know? So she just targeted these three three areas, stress, pain, and oh, finding joy, moments of joy. What do I get to do for myself? Those three areas. And then taking that home. And again, this is all led by the Holy Spirit. As I began to get home, I found on Pinterest, because I'm not a huge social media buff, but I'll go on Pinterest, a, a mother had put up these 10 things to do to regain your sleep. Just simple, practical, everyday things. And so I began to put them into practice. I got my sleep back. And then from there, I began to look at my pain. Why is my body, why am I struggling with chronic pain? And then I began to find out that literally I was deprived of oxygen. I was anemic. So this whole feeling of I can't breathe was actually the fact that there was not enough oxygen going to my organs in my body. And so like there is this, again, I'm, we're talking about an intuitive, wise, holy spirit, spirit, soul and body that he will lead you to complete wholeness and healing. And And so for me, it wasn't just a spiritual space, but there was emotional stuff. And then I was deficient in so many other nutrients and it can go on and on and on. And so this holistic, wise, knowing Holy Spirit, when we open ourselves up to him, when we go to him, he is restorer of souls and he has a patent and plan for each one of you to bring us to wholeness. If we can just be brave enough, which is my fourth point, is pass through. You know, in Psalm 23 verse 4 it says, Even though I walk through, walk through, walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. The key note being walk through, we don't get to go around it, we don't get to go under it, we don't get to hide it. It actually requires us to be brave enough to face it. I don't know about you, but this for me has been one of the hardest lessons, like I said, years, of just avoiding the pain, avoiding the truth, avoiding. But can I encourage you, God, if you hold on to the Good Shepherd, He will take you through. But there comes a point where you have to be prepared to face it. Not alone, but face it. Trust that the Good Shepherd will bring you through through being the key word. So please, I would encourage you, don't bury it, don't deny it. Don't try to avoid it. But at the same time, I acknowledge it's a journey. And for me to get here, I've done years of dodging, avoiding. (laughs) So wherever you're at in the process, just if I can short circuit that for you to bring you back, go pass through, hold tightly to the shepherd's hand, be brave, let's do this because he wants to bring you through. But there's no other way through than through. It's not around, it's not under, it's not deny, it's through. And then in closing, as I, I get the team up, the last point is praise. Um, Like I said before, whenever you read these Psalms of Lament, they don't crash land in the ditch. It's quite fascinating and frustrating (laughs) to read how that they, because sometimes when you're processing pain and trauma, you just want to go and dig a deeper hole and just stay there. But actually prayers of Lament never end like that. They always lend, but I will look up, I will behold, I will, and I want to read you that last verse. Well, Sorry, the beginning of that praise passage, the 10 verses of praise is found in verse 25 and verse 26. It says this: From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. That's kind of like a cheer. Salute It's like, make your heart, you know, it's this whole thing of, I love how David worded it. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. There's something really important about giving value and weight to celebration, to sharing the wins, to sharing the faithfulness of your God, to proclaim His goodness, to proclaim His faithfulness, to proclaim His praise. I love how Pastor Nate opened this service. He said, don't let these words just be words. This is what I love about praise and worship. We can stand there or we can allow the words to carry us into His presence. We can allow the words to acknowledge the truth of who He is above and beyond our circumstances and situation. And what I love is, is obviously this whole thing of David, he's going, I will declare you are the theme of my praise in the great assembly. He made it public. He shared God's goodness in community, which means that he obviously had to share his grief in community too. I just wanna land this here. If that resounds with you, this last point, because it does with me, This this is a challenge for me. But God invites us into community. And I know as a Western culture, we're not familiar with sharing our grief or our shame. We also might not be good at celebrating God's goodness and praise, but He puts us in community that we might learn to do too. And being able to share, being able to give voice to His goodness is as equally important in prayers of lament as being able to unload our suffering and our sorrow and our grief so I just want to land on that this morning and if you will I'd love to just pray over the word that's been spoken and in you guys this morning heavenly father as we've looked into your word this morning we thank you for the, an invitation into your heart your heart of love And faithfulness to each one of us. And God, I just want to pray for anyone here, myself included, that may be contained by cultural expectations on what and how we are to manage our emotions. If those things have gotten in the way of us being open and responsive to You. Right now, God, I pray by Your Holy Spirit that You would just release us from containment, release us from what limits us, from entering into Your goodness and life. And Lord, I just declare favour and grace that we would be able to experience the full spectrum of Your life and wholeness in us. From the pace of grief, to the place of joy and celebration, may we step into your life and fullness in every area of our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. Follow us on Instagram at The Lift Church or on Facebook at Lift Church Perth. That will give you all the up-to-date information about what's happening in the life of our church. Thanks again for listening. God bless.